Welcome to the Ask Zach Show. I'm your host, Zach Childs. I've spent the last 30 years working in the music industry here in Nashville, Tennessee, during which I've done everything from touring with major artists like Brad Paisley and Carrie Underwood to playing the nastiest dive bars or even the occasional wedding. This show is all about barreling down the rabbit hole on all things guitar and the music we love. We will cover the legendary players, gear insights, and even some interviews along the way. I hope you enjoy. To support the show, follow the links in the description to find out about my Patreon page. Or go to my store at AskZach.com to pick up a coffee mug or t-shirt. Now, let's dive in. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to Ask Zach. This is an extra special off-the-floor episode. So uh, I just came back from a last-minute set of shows in in Oklahoma. And uh, so before I put away all my gear, I kind of wanted to show you what my kind of gear essentials are. thought you might find it of interest, the things that I take that I think are must-haves. So all the different bits and pieces. So that's going to be our focus for today's episode. And I'm going to tell a little story about uh, (laughs) getting home from out of the country and all of a sudden being flooded with uh, texts and such and having to ask to uh, go play play some shows. So while you're thinking about it, uh, I can go down in the corner and hit subscribe. If you've already done that, then I appreciate you supporting the show. There's multiple ways. The best is Patreon, which there's a link in the description for that. Also, of course, there's uh, merch like this. It's a sickness shirt, which you can find at AskZach.com or at the link in the description. Uh, Also, there's good old tip jar information. Much appreciated. All right, let's dive in. So I was on vacation with my family and out of the country, and I thought that while I was on Wi-Fi that I was going to get all of my uh, text messages. I was wrong. So as we uh, we had a bunch of uh, rigmarole that happened because of uh, you know, weather and such with the uh, with the airlines, and we were supposed to land in Dallas. We ended landing in Houston at Bush Intercontinental Airport and having to go through customs and immigration and all that jazz. And so as I was landing, there was a message from my buddy Paul Bogart uh, asking if I could play. And there was also a message from his guitar player, Nick Palmer, asking if I could play uh, that weekend. But I didn't know if they were talking about like a, two weeks ago or a week ago or what. Well, after we went through all the rigmarole of customs and immigration and all that jazz, um, I ended up, I called Paul 
And I said, was this for last week or is this for this week? And he said, no, it's for this week. And uh, he was hoping I could go because uh, they had contacted another guitar player, but of course he was going to have to learn like 50 songs. And uh, that's rough to go out with a lead guitar player that's never played a show with a group and know all those tunes. Also, I'll just be, you know, straight up, I, I love playing. It wasn't the best timing um, because, you know, of course I was just coming in from another country with my family and needed to catch up on other stuff. But with Paul and the situation he was in and also with me always wanting to play gigs, uh, I just, you know, can't play enough. Um, I, I said yes. And so we got home on Thursday at 4 p.m., and then I had to leave at 8.30 a.m. the next day to drive for like eight hours to go to Siloam Springs, Oklahoma, which is kind of on the border of Arkansas and Oklahoma. So played there on Friday night. And then on Saturday, had a really funny thing happen. Uh, the ba bass player in the band, his name is Wes Burkhart. He uh, said, I really need to get another strap. I, I left my strap at home and I want to get another one. And so uh, uh, the closest one to us was uh, Guitar House of Tulsa, which I, I really like that shop and also like Tulsa, you know, you know, band and guitar. They're both really good shops. But uh, House of Guitars, you know, was, was closer. It was easier to get to. And we needed to get to load in at, uh, at the Hard Rock. And so we stopped there. And I go in the shop and Josh Scott from uh, of JHS pedal fame was there and I know Josh I've known him for many years and I know he gets this a lot and he probably gets really tired of this but he always shocks me about how tall he is because I'm about 6'2 and he's he just seems like he's a lot taller than I am and uh, he was looking through the used pedals and he told me that he had over 6,000 pedals and I believed him I don't think that's an exaggeration so and he told me that Rhett Scholl was uh, going to be there in a bit, but we were kind of pressed for time. So I kind of waited as long as I could. And then as I was, as I told, you know, the guys that, Hey, we just need, need to go. We get out to the parking lot. There's Rhett. And so I, uh, Rhett was kind enough to get a photo. So I'll show that here, wherever I can show it. And uh, so that's me and Rhett. And Rhett's taller than me also. These guys are, are, are <laughs> big dudes. So, um, Anyway, it was really great to meet him and played, of course, the gig at the Hard Rock in Tulsa, and that went over great, and uh, then came home on Saturday, I mean on Sunday, and went through a bunch of crazy weather and stuff, but all was good, and uh, yeah, glad to be home. So, before I put all my stuff away, I thought I would go ahead and show you, you know, what I think are the, the essentials. So, first off, you know, of course, a guitar. So I've got, this is a Levy's gig bag, and I just really like them a lot. I don't like using hard cases and such, and I always like to keep the guitar with me. So I never put a guitar like with the amps and stuff like that. So uh, I always keep this guitar with me. Sometimes if I have a, uh, you know, I always take a second guitar, but if I, uh, you know, if they do have a, you know, a situation like that, then I find something else to store it in. But uh, here I'll open this up. So of course, here's my good old 57 Esquire, and uh, here's my uh, 
blue chip TPR 35 uh, RB pick. I really like this one a lot. So I use either this or the, uh, you know, the uh, D'Andrea uh, medium heavy. So those are kind of my two favorite picks. And uh, just set that down here. And let's see what we have in the uh, good old compartment. Of course, we've got a uh, strap, which you always got to have unless you can place it down. You got a uh, nail file. This is essential for me because I play, you know, picking fingers. And so, if I, especially if I haven't played a gig in a while, then usually my nails are a little longer and they'll get gouged out some and that'll start to hang and I'll tear my nails completely apart. So whenever I start gouging them out, I smooth them out with this and usually I have them this sitting on top of my amp. For me, it's an essential. In-ears, uh, you know, if you're, you know, not using wedges, these are an essential. And so these are just the, uh, the cheapest, sure in-ears and I, I like these, these work fine. Always gotta make sure you have that. This is a Coraceden slide that my friend uh, Chad Cox, who supports me on Patreon, gave me. This got thrown away by the uh, crew at, uh, at the Hard Rock Casino. And uh, I had to tell the guys, it's like, you've got to find that. And so the, uh, the lighting director, uh, Danny, was kind enough to go uh, dumpster diving and find this. Yeah, it had already been uh, put in a big garbage can so i was really glad to have this back because these are expensive and um, i have a couple of these and this is my favorite one so glad to still have that didario nyxl 9.5 through 44 these are my favorite strings right now uh or i'll use the nyxl 10s so i uh you know, one or the other, depending on the guitar and depending how my hand is doing that week. So, but most of the time it's, it's this set and these are great. I can leave these on multiple gigs and they'll, uh, they have a lot of life in them. What else? String cutters. These are ones I stole from my mother when I was 13 years old. And of course the blue handle is essential for good tone. Uh, peg winder. Of course you gotta be able to change strings. And of course a capo. So, and this is a special Dunlop capo that's made for the uh, seven and a quarter radius. You can, if you look closely, you can see it has more curve to it. So if you have a vintage fender or one with a you know, vintage radius, you need a special capo. Otherwise it won't really mash the strings down correctly. And so it's not any more expensive. You just have to kind of find them. And you gotta have that. Let's see, anything else down here? Well, that's it. All right, let's go to the pedal board. This is a pedal train case, but it does not have a pedal train board in it. And uh, it has a mono board in there that I've been using for quite a while. And I've got some foam in here to kind of fill it out. I'm gonna just throw the foam in the part of the room. Put the case over there. And here we go. So this is my current pedal board. Uh, no, I mean, the first thing you're gonna say is, is that a clone? No, it's not. It's a clone clone. It's one of the uh, first exact clones that I've ever seen where they actually do the uh, housing also. And that was done by a cat here in Nashville who uh, wants to remain nameless. 
and I think he's only made a handful of them. I don't know if he's going to make any more of them. These are Master Series plugs from uh, uh, George L's. I really like those. They made those back 10 years ago. They don't make them anymore. They're really big, so they're not good for cramming a bunch of stuff, but since I only have a couple of pedals, I, I like using them. Turbo Tuner, XTS Rehoused Mostortion, the Klon Copy, and of course you have the uh, Deep Blue Mad, Pro Mad Professor Delay. I love this because uh, it's just, it's small, it's easy to use. I usually use it just for long delays and otherwise leave it off and just use the amp reverb when I'm doing chicken picking or up-tempo stuff. So, and I can, you know, switch it to a slapback thing pretty easy, you know. Most importantly, of course, we have the uh, True Tone CS6 power supply. And uh, this, uh, of course, I work for True Tone and... Uh, this is the uh, a wonderful power supply that uh, Bob makes, and uh, I requested it, and uh, I'm so glad he makes this. I've been using this same one for about six years now, and it's always been dead quiet and done a great job. And so, uh, yeah, thanks, True Tone. All right, there's the pedal board. Now the amp. So uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna talk about the cover first. So this is a Tukey cover, T-U-K-I, and I've been using Tukey covers for probably 20 years, and I just really like them a lot. One, I like them because they have this really cool Velcro strap that holds it on, and so when you're sliding it around, you know, you're putting it in the back of a car or anything like that, it doesn't slide out of the cover, and I like that. So now I'm gonna make a big Velcro sound. Isn't that satisfying? Uh, yeah. It's made out of a nice padded material, uh, and it's got this little uh, flap thing for the for the handle to go underneath that. It's just a, a really good cover. Of course, I've got a Canes Ballroom sticker on there, so I love these. These are great uh, if you are not around road cases. So if you have your gear and it's going to go around other, you know, you got to pack it with guys using road cases. Well, you can't do this. Road cases require other road cases. Um, so I can do this for these, the kind of gigs I'm doing, but if I was, you know, if this was going in a big trailer or something like that, I would have to use a, uh, a road case because, uh, yeah, this would just get completely torn up. But this is better than most slip covers because it's padded. All right, the amp. This is my uh, headstrong little king. It's just the stock. Princeton model, uh, you know, it doesn't have any hot rodding done to it other than it has a 12-inch speaker. It has the Eminence uh, Alessandro GASC64, the 12-inch speaker. It's a ceramic magnet. <clears throat> and this has quickly become a favorite amp for me. I've been using it for all my gigging since I got it, and it just does a stellar job. I run it about four and a half, and, uh, you know, of course run the treble about six or seven, and the bass around three, reverbs a little over two, and then uh, speed and intensity. Speed's at four, intensity's at seven. And uh, yeah, I just, and I use the tremolo on the amp. You know, and, and I so I, uh, I run the foot switch. So here, I'll just show the back real quick. So there's the, the speaker, and uh, I run this uh, over to the pedal board, and I mark, the vibrato or tremolo side with a piece of 
colored tape and so that way I can see quickly which side is which and because the reverb I don't really turn off and on that much so the tremolo is what I'm going to turn off and on and so that's why I always put a nice piece of uh, reflective tape on there. All right, let's move this to the side a little bit and then we get to the uh, final piece with which is this uh, what I call my GAC box and uh, it serves two purposes. So let's uh, let's start pulling some of the stuff out. So you got a Daddario uh, Planet Waves cable with a right angle on one, a straight on the other. Uh, these are a couple uh, guitarcables.com and I'm not sure if they're still around or not, but these are some cables I got a while back that have really nice ends on it. It's a really good cable and these are these are each about 20 feet, and uh, these are what I use a lot of the time, and uh, and they're really nice. So, of course, one is the guitar to the pedal board, and the other one is the pedal board uh, back to the amp, and uh, that's about how far I like to be away from my amp. And then the Daddario cable is kind of a backup. So, these are good. Oh, volume pedal. So, sometimes... Uh, I'll run this in front of my pedal board. Um, like on this run that we did, we didn't have a steel player, and so I knew I was going to need to cover kind of some steel guitar-ish parts. And uh, really, to me, that means using a volume pedal to swell into things. And so I ran this first. So guitar straight into the uh, Dunlop Volume X, and then, of course, the output goes into the tuner on the board and on. If I was doing more of a pop rock thing, I would have a wah-wah pedal probably instead of this in front of my board. Guitar stands. Why? Because it just looks unprofessional when you uh, you have guitars all laying on amps or laying on the floor and stuff like that. So guitar stands are not expensive. And, uh, you know, I have a couple different ones lying around. This is a Groovin one, G-R-U-V-E-N. And I like this one because it, uh, you know, it kind of doesn't take up a lot of space. And it uh, comes together like that. And it looks really nice and is very unobtrusive. So an old buddy of mine gave me a couple of these. And so I still use them. So that's one stand. Uh, then my other one is one of the guys at True Tone gave me this when he was cleaning out his office. So this is a uh, Aroma <laughs> made in China uh, guitar stand. And I just, I like it because it, it folds up really well. And it's, uh, you know, it's been fine. So those are my two stands because I always take two guitars. And I didn't show the other guitar just because it was just a backup Telecaster. And I, all I'd have with that is a uh, strap and another a backup capo. Um, extension cord, AC. So it's got three outlets on it. And then of course it's a grounded plug. That's essential. Don't show up to a gig without an extension cord, you know, without a multi, you know, plug on it, because you're going to have to run it somehow. You're going to have to run it for your pedal board or your amp or maybe both. It's just an essential. IEC cables. With pedal boards and amps and such, you always have to have IEC cables. So here's one that I use, you know, for my pedal board. And then I have a second one just as a backup. So just because these are things that you can find, but it's awkward to have to go and find one of these uh, right before a show. 
Of course, I'm always one to be uh, prepared and have backups, and I don't take a backup amp anymore. Uh, my backup amp is this. It's this uh, Strymon Iridium. And this does a great job, it sounds great, and that way I don't have to take another amp out on the road to take up more space. And also the tubes will get, you know, rattled to death, and this does a fine job. So I've already got, you know, a DC cable going into it that can plug into one of the extra outlets on my CS6. And then you have the input that'll go from the last pedal. The output will go to this radial JDI. And I like the sound of this, uh, direct box. One, I like that it's passive, but it's got the Jensen transformer. So it kind of softens the, uh, the output some, and, uh, and it's got, you know, phase reversal and ground lift and all that junk on there too. So there's my backup amp. And here's some that's just an, an essential for running tube amps. And this is uh, the Brown box. And so I really love being able to uh, see what the voltage is coming in and I get more consistent tone just by being able to kind of control where I'm at. And so you can have wall voltage that's as high as 125 or higher, or you can even have where it's around 115. So I like to run blackface style Fender amps at about 117. And uh, so that way I'm able to you know, control that. And, uh, and of course I don't use it, I don't use any of the attenuation when you're at a place that has it at 115. But even then you'll find that it varies during the night and depending on if, uh, you know, what else is being run on that line. And so sometimes I'll have to turn it on or, or switch it, you know, during sets and stuff. All right, now for my GAC box. So this is a Coca-Cola bottling company crate from Jackson, Tennessee, which is of course the home of uh, Carl Perkins. And uh, that's also the home of the Rockabilly Hall of Fame. And uh, so my wife found this for me at a uh, flea market out in the middle of nowhere. And I think it was 10 bucks, five bucks, something like that. And I found this is perfect because I can put all my stuff in it. Then I put it up like this and you can put the amp on it. Well, there was a stage where we were playing at and I felt like it was just a little too, you know, the stage was really nice and it was a really nice venue. And I found out something really cool. Well, guess what? This Tukey cover will go perfectly over it. It'll just squash down a little bit and I'm gonna have to get up to do this. But uh, then the amp goes right on top. And uh, all of a sudden you have the amp at a perfect height and you've got it off the ground and you want to get your amp off the ground when you're at a lot of these venues, especially if they have subs. So if a venue has subs, then all that low end is going to get picked up by your amplifier and it's going to get into the microphone and it's just going to create more of that bass rumble that we all hate. And so it's a really good idea to get your amp off the ground. Uh, if you're at a small club that has no subs, well, who cares? But if you're, if you're playing bigger venues, and I don't even mean gigantic ones, but so many places have uh, subs now that, uh, you know, I really highly recommend you get the amp off, off the ground. All right, guys. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And uh, just to look at 
the gear that I use. And yeah, you saw everything except, of course, the uh, second Telecaster that I would bring with a capo. So, all right, guys, I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Ask Zach podcast. If you want to dive deeper, check out my website, askzach.com, to find more articles and further info on each episode. And remember, it is the support from you, the listener, that keeps the show going. Thank you, friends.